Over the past several days, the rioting in this country has just continued. In fact, it's escalated. People are rioting, of course, because of the death of a man named George Floyd at the hands of a Minnesota police officer. But even after this police officer got arrested and charged, the rioting continued. So a lot of people are asking, why does the rioting not stop? Well, some people think it's opportunism, that they're looting TVs from Target. They're breaking into Louis Vuitton to steal luxury handbags. And yeah, we see a lot of this across the country, I think around 25 or so cities. But the leftists in media will tell you this is about decades of oppression, that these people have been oppressed by the police for so long that the rage extends beyond just one police officer. I I think both of these are fairly decent explanations for specific instances. And I also think it has to do a bit with the lockdown. People got pent up rage, man. They were locked in their homes and eventually they snap, give them a good reason, give them any reason, really. And they'll be out in the streets protesting, then rioting. Now, if you were to ask the governor of Minnesota, he would tell you that it's domestic terrorists and international forces trying to destabilize this country, which leads us to a very interesting question about, well, maybe there's something else or is there something else actually working to foment these protests and riots? It would seem the answer to that is yes. We don't necessarily know why, but according to the governor of Minnesota, he thinks cartels, maybe white supremacists. Donald Trump, of course, says it's Antifa. We've seen reporting from the activist news organization Unicorn Riot that shows most of these people are white anti-fascists. I guess the funny point to be made is if you're a white person, regardless of your politics, going into black neighborhoods and burning things down, well, that says a lot about what you might be fighting for. But there are videos coming out which are interesting. One shows a bunch of bricks stacked up in front of a courthouse. Why are there bricks there when there's no construction? Another video shows a man wearing all black. They call him the mysterious umbrella man. He walks up to an auto zone out of nowhere, smashes the windows and leaves. Another video going viral shows what looks like children dressed as National Guardsmen standing guard. Certainly that seems fake. These stories, these tidbits, circumstantial evidence show us that someone for some reason is trying to make everything worse. There's even one video from journalist Max Blumenthal showing what appears to be an undercover officer getting out of a vehicle pretending to be a journalist. Now, that could just be policing, so I don't lump it in with the other videos. But look, man, this evidence shows someone wants it to happen. Now, in my opinion, I've seen a lot of activists strategize these things where they'll get in a van, you know, they'll they'll, they'll get a van and they'll say, we're going to put a bunch of bricks and stuff in it. And we leave these bricks at key locations so that when the protesters march past it, the bricks are readily available. It doesn't mean there's a government or a cartel or white supremacist groups. It just means that activists have planned for this. So at the very least, it looks like, yeah, there's evidence to suggest these are being set up on purpose. Of course, Vice would like to go the white supremacist route, saying that it's the Boogaloo Boys, that they want this to turn into a civil war, as it were. But let's find out. Let's read this and see exactly what's going on. And I want to make sure I'm clear. I don't know who or what or why. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I should probably be more definitive. But we have this very important statement, an unprecedented move from the governor of Minnesota, which I mean, if he's saying that these forces are doing this, then I think we can take this. We can at least look into it. I'll put it that way. But let's let's see exactly what's going on. I want to show you these videos. Wait till you see the one where the bricks are just perfectly stacked right in front of a courthouse. And why is that? Even the activists are like, hmm, what is this all about? You're trying to set us up. That's what they said. Before we get started, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are several ways you can give. I got a P.O. box. 
The best thing you can do is share this video. I'm competing with the mainstream media. I don't got a big marketing budget, but you know, even though YouTube is suppressing my channel, it seems to do okay, mostly because you guys share the video. That helps me grow. If you just want to watch, hit the subscribe button, the like button, the notification bell. Let's read the news. The Daily Mail says furious governor of Minnesota says George Floyd protests are being manipulated by domestic terrorists and international forces trying to destabilize the nation and fully mobilizes the National Guard as U.S. descends into chaos. Quote, last night is a mockery of pretending that this is about George Floyd's death or inequities or historical traumas to our communities of color. Governor Tim Waltz, a Democrat, said on Saturday, on Friday night, widespread looting and arson continued in Minneapolis and nearby St. Paul in defiance of curfews there. And protests spilled into violence in 30 cities as a federal agent in California and a protester in Detroit were shot dead. Quote, the situation in Minneapolis is no longer in any way about the murder of George, George Floyd. It is about attacking civil society, instilling fear and disrupting our great cities. As you saw, this expand across the United States and you start to see whether it, whether it be domestic terrorists, whether it be ideological extremists to fan the group, or whether it be international destabilization of, our, of how our country works, he continued. We can see all these photos, man. These are, these are crazy photos. On Friday night, Walsh hinted that white supremacists and drug cartels may be fueling violence or taking advantage of the chaos in the rioting. Pressed by reporters on rumors that white supremacists were secretly infiltrating Black Lives Matter protests and instigating violence, Walt said, my suspicions and what I've seen on this, yes. It gets worse than that. The cartels who are wondering if there was a break in the drug transmissions are trying to take advantage of the chaos. That's why the situation is on a federal level. Walt said at, at his Saturday press conference that protection of citizens and property is our top priority and maintaining and restoring civil, civil order on the streets. I want to show you some of these videos, but uh, we'll, we'll go through some tweets. In this one, we have Max Nesterak. He is a reporter at the Minnesota Reformer who said, there were POC looting, but what I heard is the fires were caused by white outsiders on both ends of the political extremes. This is at least partly or mostly true. Who is responsible for destruction is really complicated and not something we fully know or I can explain in this thread. Well, here's what I'll point out. In another viral video, a group of black men are telling young white protesters, anti-fascist protesters, to stop the violence, saying that when this is all said and done and you leave, we still have to be here because these white people come from outside the city, outside the state and cause violence in black communities. I have to question whether these people truly are anti-fascist. Now, I'm sure many of these anti types are just really, really dumb. But think about this for just two seconds black community, white people who don't live there, who come in and burn the buildings down. Let me just make it simple for you. Whether it's Antifa or otherwise, it is young, idealistic white people going to black communities and burning their buildings. Take a look at this tweet. Mike Griffin said, started recording these white guys who was completely out of place planning to quote 86 this building. It seemed like an organized burning. They tried to fight. We ran them away. After tonight, I'm convinced that the fires are largely organized arson. The dudes they're talking to are Antifa, or at least pretending to be. Now, you can claim Antifa is just a, a, an ideology. It's just a, a movement, whatever. It means anti-fascist, right? Then how easy was it for these young white people who want to burn down your buildings to infiltrate, pretend to be 
or maybe they actually are. Does it really matter if they say they're Antifa, they're Antifa. But these weren't overt white supremacists. They, uh, at least I should say overt, right? That's the, that's the point, visibly. They're not walking around waving symbols. They're walking around in hoodies, kind of like the umbrella man, wearing all black, coming in with a hammer, holding an umbrella and smashing windows. I'll get to that, I'll get to that in a second. But here's what I want to bring up from Vice. Far-right extremists are hoping to turn the George Floyd protest into a new civil war. Armed extremists are showing up to protests and urging a boogaloo, code for civil war online. Now, this story I find confusing and kind of funny, and and maybe we'll get to it. I I don't want to read through the whole thing, but I want to point out. You've got people on the left desperately trying to disavow the fact that it is white people, white activists showing up and burning down these buildings and starting this rioting. I mean, the umbrella man was white. That guy was tweeting about white people. And in my experience, Antifa tends to be white, upper class, young people. In fact, we see that from the Hidden Tribes report. If you're not familiar, I've covered it millions of times. I love citing this. They basically track the various political ideologies and progressive activists tend to be young and white, and they tend to make a decent amount of money. But Vice wants to make it seem like they too are the white supremacists. What I find funny about the governor of Minnesota's statement is that, hey, man, I'll argue these Antifa people are white supremacists, right? Because they're white people destroying the the wealth of the businesses of the black community. I know I get it. I'm being a bit hyperbolic, but you get the point. What's the difference? I mean, not only that, the protests we've seen from many white supremacists in this country haven't been nearly as bad as these riots have been. So what do you want to say? I don't know, man. I think they're all bad. They're all very bad. Let's take a look at some of this evidence. First, Jesse Rodriguez says, St. Paul, Minnesota Mayor Melvin Carter says every person arrested in his city last night was from out of state. Minnesota AG Keith Elson tells Joanne Reed that he has evidence and ample reason to believe that outside agitators are coming to Minnesota to cause harm and damage and incite violence. He said, uh, he goes on, but we'll, we'll, we'll stop there because I want to make this point. Whoever is staging it, I don't know, but it seems like they are. If the people don't live there and they're out of state, they're not even in the city. They're not even from the state. You got to tell me, who are these people? In my opinion, I don't think it's white supremacists. Well, I take that back. I think Antifa tends to be white supremacist. Like, I mean that in the overt, in the, in the literal sense. They are a group of self-righteous white people who think they are better and therefore they know better. And you must listen to what they have to say based on their race. It's not the same as we've seen from like what we expect of white supremacy, but you know, it basically fits the bill in a lot of ways. Take a look at this. Here's a tweet where this, uh, this man, it's a video from Ruben Got Soul. Is the, uh, the tweet is from Blue State Vacatur who said, is this all a setup? Huge pallet of bricks just sitting outside a Dallas courthouse. No construction in the area. The Justice Department should find video of who made the delivery and when. And this guy who films this, I want to play this video for you. He makes, he, he, he plays it really, really well. Let me play the clip for you and you'll see what he has to say. This right here? Yeah, they put them there this on the purpose. This the setup. They put them there on purpose, Y'all know where bro. we at. They're going to set them on right up on the route. Of, uh, Y'all know what building this is right here. Now. I ain't even going to say what name it is. Hey, where do them bricks go to? Where do them bricks go to? This is setup. Where do them bricks we go gotta to? We got to do better. Ain't no damn construction. Got to do better. Ain't no damn construction around here. I see. Ain't no damn construction. It's a setup. You hear what he said? Look at this. For those that are listening, let me describe it to you. There's some kind of sign and just a stack of bricks. Now, listen, I'm not there. 
I can't confirm to you why those bricks are there. Some people are saying it makes no sense. There's no construction going on. These guys are there pointing it out, saying it's a setup. In my experience, what you're seeing here fits the bill for far left activists who bring supplies in early in the morning and leave them. There's nothing illegal about dropping off some bricks and driving away, right? And then what happens is when the riot starts, when people are running through the city, they see a stack of bricks and they grab them and they use them. How is it that people are walking around in all these cities and they just so happen to have all these bricks? Activists put them there. Activists who aren't from the city, who aren't from the state, who are showing up with bricks so that when people get mad and riot, yes, you will see videos of people of color looting Target. And they're saying, see, look, it's not the white people doing it. It's not about the race. Okay. When you go into a neighborhood that is predominantly one race, don't be surprised if you see them predominantly as the ones rioting. That just makes sense. But who's starting it? Who's empowering this and who's orchestrating it? That's the big question. Who is the first person to raid that, that Target store? Who is the first person to break that window? You see my point. Of course, then angry people just fall in line and do what the mob does. This is a story from the uh, uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Police deny link to mysterious umbrella man who broke windows during a riot. We got a photo of the umbrella man. There he is. All black, head to toe, wearing a gas mask. You can't see his face other than his eyes, holding a hammer, umbrella. A lot of people thought he was Antifa. It's an Antifa tactic. It's a black block tactic. But this guy just showed up out of the blue, not part of the group, took the hammer and started smashing out windows of the auto zone. The activists immediately claimed this man was a cop. There's no evidence of that. In fact, the police deny it. They say, no way. I don't know if I want to show you the next bit of the, the next bit they included because these activists have been sending around a photo of some man who is blonde hair, blue eyed and a cop claiming it's him. I don't know it's him. I can't prove it's him. And in fact, I really don't think it is because I don't think the eye colors match. But the activists, in my opinion, don't care. They want to take the heat off themselves and increase the heat on the police. So a viral tweet goes around with text messages where they're like, oh my, it's him. I'm shaking. I can't believe it. No proof. None whatsoever. So let's, 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 let's move on to the next uh, uh, little bit of evidence here. This is from Max Blumenthal. Look what I found outside DC protest. An obvious cop dressed like a protester getting out of an unmarked car and telling me he's a CNN reporter. Beware of the lying provocateurs out here. Now, the reason I show this video is because it falls in line kind of with the theory from the activists that the rioting is being started by police. I still don't believe it, even though that tweet seems to be fake about the other cop and the umbrella man. I don't believe that's real. We do have some, it really does look like this guy might be a cop. So in the video, Max Blumenthal, I believe it is Max who actually confronts this guy. He says, who are you? Who are you with? The man says CNN. Max then turns around, walks to the car where the man came out of, presumably, and asks them who they are. And they say they're just hanging out. He then says, the other guy said you were CNN. And they're like, uh, no. Max makes the assumption they're police. We don't know. We have no idea who these men are. And that's why it's important to bring up. However, the key point I'm showing you all of this is because this is now what the third, fourth, how many videos we have showing that there is some surreptitious behavior going on, subterfuge, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if these guys are cops. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're just trying to stop the rioting. Or maybe they're an ideological group that has resources. Maybe they're a private security company. We just don't know. 
Maybe for political reasons, someone dropped these bricks. We just don't know. Now I want, to, I want you to see this video because this to me screams a false flag. I know, I know, I know. You gotta have evidence. I'm not a big fan of conspiracy theories. The Daily Dot reports, video shows, quote, child soldiers standing guard at Atlanta protests, updated. This is honestly weird. There's literally like a 12-year-old out here. Yeah, the video appears to show, I believe, four children wearing what looks like National Guard armor with shields or riot armor and sticks. I don't believe it. Not for one second. The Daily Dot and none of these outlets or individuals on Twitter have done anything to fact check or verify this. Now, the Daily Dot says they spoke with the person who filmed it. That isn't good enough. You can't just take a clip and run it. You need to know where the clip came from, what time it was, where were they at? What mall is this? What are these vehicles? What are these people doing? What are these kids doing? How easy would it be to get some costumes, some good ones, put some kids in it, pull up, have them get out of the car, film for 20 seconds, get them in the car and leave, send the footage to a reporter. Easy. It would be very easy. Do you know what's crazier than that theory? That the police and National Guard are equipping children to go out and guard a mall. In fact, only four of them. This is such an obvious fake ploy meant to make us go insane. That's the only way I can describe it because I don't know what it is. Uh, Some people have said it may actually just be really old footage. Maybe. But let me tell you something first and foremost. The National Guard wouldn't have four children, wouldn't have four men just standing there. That doesn't make any sense. Some people said maybe it's junior ROTC. I mean, maybe, but come on. What's the simple solution? I honestly have no idea. Some kids playing a game, having fun. I mean, there's cop cars behind them. I'll tell you what it isn't. You would have to be insane You'd have to be the grandest of conspiracy theorists to think the government put children in these suits and had them go and stand out and guard this mall. That's just ridiculous. Reminds me of the Hunger Games film, the last one. I don't know if you've seen it, but as Katniss is approaching the, the, the president, President Snow's mansion, one of the president's own vehicles flies over and drops bombs on medics and children. Delayed reaction. And that was in the movie, A False Flag, meaning It was actually the enemy that was trying to convince all of the people the president was bombing children. You would have to be insane to do something like this, unless, of course, you're trying to smear your opponent so that stupid people make it go viral. Unfortunately, stupid people made it go viral. They're sharing this like crazy without fact checking it. They just want it to be true. Now, this to me goes back to the governor of Minnesota when he said domestic terrorists, white supremacists, international forces. And I got to agree with him. Maybe he's right. Who would have the ability to stage something like this and who would benefit from it? I honestly don't know. And I can't tell you and I can't speculate. In my opinion, it's likely it's staged because I think you'd be a crazy conspiracy theorist to think the government's orchestrating child soldiers or something like that. But I really can't tell you. So what could anyone say about this? The only thing I can do to avoid the conspiracy theorizing and just defer back to official reporting is what the governor of Minnesota said, that there are international forces trying to destabilize. Convince the people of this country the National Guard is using children and they might freak out. They might lose confidence in faith. At the very least, it looks like someone is staging something. Maybe not this. I think so, but maybe not. I don't know. 
but certainly the BRICS. That's because I actually know activists who have planned things like that, going back 10 years, having covered a lot of this stuff. But we, we can't expect things to escalate here. Minneapolis protester warns the unrest will hit the suburbs next because there is nothing left here as thousands ignore city curfew and take to the streets in fourth night of unrest. And I'll tell you where this goes next. Owner of gutted Minneapolis shopping mall tells governor and mayor people will uprise over this. They will. There's a tweet. I, uh, I, I retweeted. It. I don't have it pulled up where someone in Minneapolis said that local members of the community have started issuing like a bulletin, basically, to organize for their own defense because the police won't do it. What happens when people lose confidence in the police and in the government? The the government is just the confidence of the people. If the people don't believe you can do anything to them, they go and do what they want. It's quite literally why we're seeing the riots. When George Floyd lost his life, life, people uh, were angry and justifiably so. They protested. The police then, you know, came out. There was an escalation. Riots broke out. As soon as the riots broke out, do you know what these people realized? The police forces are stretched too thin. Now is my chance. Many of these people who are rioting are angry and just smashing things. Many of them are stealing things. But all of them agree the police can't do anything about it. Even the business owners who say that people will rise up are in agreement. The government has failed in one tweet going viral. Allegedly, the scanner said the National Guard has been unable to control the protests. Donald Trump has the, uh, the Pentagon putting the military, the army on standby to enter into Minneapolis, something that hasn't been done since 1992. It's, called, it's uh, under the um, federalizing the National Guard and sending in the army has to do with the Insurrection Act. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a legal expert and can tell you everything about it. But I will tell you this. Regular working people and the riders both agree the government has failed at this point. So I ask then, when does this become the boogaloo or whatever? (laughs) Everybody seems to want a civil war, which brings me back to that story from Vice, which I find hilarious. Far right extremists want to turn this into a new civil war. Yeah, but so does Antifa. They both want both factions want to do it. The extremists of all factions want to destabilize this, win, and then rebuild it in their image. That's something that saying regular people don't want. Well, Donald Trump has his opinion. We can see, we can hear from Vice on the left. It's the far right. Of course, Trump will tell you that it's Antifa and the radical left. I mean, can't it be both? Seriously, can't it be both? I, I, I defer back to that man saying that these white people are talking about 86ing buildings. Yeah, it's white anti-fascists. But then you also have the Boogaloo people, uh, whatever that, you know, however you want to describe that, I'm not super familiar with it. But you have a lot of people who think that it's time. And now we're seeing riots across the country. If people don't have faith in their government and they don't expect anything to happen from their actions or others' actions, then they're going to just do whatever. Local communities are going to form militias or whatever you want to call it citizen patrol. I understand there's probably a difference between that and militia. But a lot of people are, have, been, have already been going out and buying guns. This has become a perfect storm of chaos in this country that could potentially lead to a real civil war. You laugh. Some people laugh, not all of you. But even Bill Maher said it. The tensions, and he said this months ago, were getting so hot that he wanted to tone down the rhetoric because we are close to a civil war. 
I want you now to think about every single urban liberal who went out and bought a gun because of the COVID pandemic. And now think about how many of them are sitting in their homes armed because of the coronavirus pandemic. And I want you to think about what happens when the looters do come to the suburbs. It's a perfect storm. And I can't tell you who is orchestrating what or why, but I can tell you at the very least, there are interested parties in helping things move along in a negative direction. I hope things just boil. I hope everything just simmers down and come Monday, everything is back to normal, but I make no promises. So I'll leave it there. I got more segments coming up for you at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News, and I'll see you all then. The Pentagon has put the military on alert to go to Minneapolis, and I have no idea what that would entail, but it sounds pretty serious. We are well beyond riots having anything to do with George Floyd. Now, of course, people will still tell you that's the reason, but let's be honest. What we're actually seeing is probably more of a lockdown riot. People were pent up, angry, and lost their jobs. What happens when you have mass unemployment? You get riots, but you need that spark. This story right here about the Pentagon putting police on military, it's, it's simple. You get the idea. The bigger story is this. George Floyd protests, two Federal Protective Service officers shot, one killed. Police are being shot and killed. Protesters are being shot and killed. People are being run over. This is getting just absolutely insane. I believe the official count now is 21 cities experienced lot, uh, rioting, looting, etc. But uh, let's let's do this. I want to read for you about the Pentagon and we're just going to go through. I got a bunch of I got a bunch of stuff to go through. I, I don't even I got to be honest, I don't, I don't even know how to cover this stuff because there's thousands of stories. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating just like this man in a van shoots into a crowd of protesters in Detroit, killing a 19 year old. Take a look at this. This is where we get serious. That's why we're starting here. The Associated Press says, as unrest spread across, the, uh, across dozens of American cities on Friday, the Pentagon took the rare step of ordering the army to put several active duty U.S. military police units on the ready to deploy to Minneapolis, where the police killing of George Floyd sparked the widespread protests. I do need to point one more thing out. Last night, protesters tried tearing down barricades in front of the White House. A lot of people thought that if the protesters were able to get past the initial barricades, they'd go for the fence of the White House. That's what people were saying. They're trying to breach it. Okay, a bit hyperbolic. I got to be very, very careful on how we explain what happened. But there were barricades in front of the White House, U.S. Secret Service, and the protesters tried tearing them down. Some people said those barricades aren't to protect the Secret Service. They're to protect the protesters because what the Secret Service would do if a mob came for the White House it wouldn't be pretty. Donald Trump tweeted about it saying he felt safe. And I actually saw someone tweet that you aren't. And this is where things get scary. Listen, you won't know when the boogaloo starts. If you followed my content, you may have heard me talk, heard, heard me talk about something like this before. You won't know. History will look back on this and it will tell you when. But for now, it could have started already. It could have started 10 years ago at Occupy Wall Street, nine years ago. It could have started six, seven years ago with Black, uh, with Trayvon Martin, with Ferguson, or it could, could have started last night with a federal officer being shot and killed. It could have started four nights ago with the killing of George Floyd. It's hard to know who will determine when all of this started, but there's a, it's, it's a catalyst on a powder keg. George Floyd was, was killed. I mean, we've seen the medical examiner report 
I don't want to pretend like we have all of the evidence, you know, we would need, or I, I don't know. I, I think for me, as far as I'm concerned, the cops knew they weren't supposed to do it. Doctors are posting and like explaining what happened. And it seems very much so like they just didn't care. You add that match on top of a several month lockdown and mass unemployment following years of these protests, followed by a decade of radicalization through Facebook and Facebook new. Welcome to the boogaloo. People trying to rip the barricades out of front of the White House might not mean all that much. But I do think if the if the army gets deployed, then we're starting to see something rather dramatic. I'm not a legal expert. There's something called posse comitatus that uh, the general understanding of it is, because I, I don't know exactly what it is, but activists like to yell it all the time, is that the army can't enforce domestic laws or something to that effect. Many of you listening may know better. So if you do comment and, and you know, uh, help us out, give us, give us a better understanding. We've had the National Guard come in. Reports came in last night. People were tweeting about this. As a scanner said, the National Guard is ineffective and unable to control things. Many people were tweeting and posting that the National Guard and the police were gone. They'd pulled out. Some said, no, that was a lie. But we all saw the videos of buildings just being torched and destroyed. We saw them smash up the front of CNN, attack Fox News reporters. There's another video going around right now where a man in a FedEx truck is being looted and raided by rioters. And so he drives. For some reason, a man was kneeling in between the tires of a 16-wheeler, and he gets dragged for blocks. That man is dead. And a lot of people are screaming, but you got you to understand these stories going back to like the LA riots, where they pulled a man out of his truck and just beat him to death. These people aren't going to just sit around and do nothing. Yesterday, a local reporter, I, be, I, I don't know which city, it may have been in Minneapolis, interviewed, I believe it was a local business owner who said, if the police and the governors don't do something, the people will. The people will. Boogaloo, whatever you call it, civil war, I don't know. Outright collapse. There's no factions. It's just going to be people defending their homes and property and people destroying homes and property. Call it what you want. The AP says, Soldiers from Fort Bragg in North Carolina and Fort Drum in New York have been ordered to be ready to deploy within four hours if called, according to three people with direct knowledge of the orders. Soldiers in Fort Carson in Colorado and Fort Riley in Kansas have been told to be ready within 24 hours. The people did not want their names used because they were not authorized to discuss the preparations. The get ready orders were sent verbally on Friday after President Donald Trump asked Defense Secretary Mark Esper for military options to help quell the unrest in Minneapolis after protests descended into looting and arson in some parts of the, uh, of the city. Trump made the request on a phone call from the Oval Office on Thursday night that included Esper, National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, and several others. The president asked Esper for rapid deployment options if the Minneapolis protests continue to spiral out of control, according to one of the people, a senior Pentagon official who was on the call. Quote, when the White House asks for options, someone opens the drawer and pulls them out, so to speak. The person said the military units would be deployed under the Insurrection Act of 1807, which was last used in 1992 during the L.A. riots that followed the Rodney King trial. If this is where the president is headed response wise, it would represent a significant escalation and a determination that the various state and local authorities are not up to the task of responding to the growing unrest. They're not. They're not up to the task. I'll show you. Members of the police units were on a 30 minute recall alert early Saturday meaning they would have to return to their bases inside that time limit in preparation for deployment to Minneapolis inside of four hours. Units at Fort Drum are 
slated to head to Minneapolis first, according to three people, including two Defense Department officials, roughly 800 U.S. soldiers would deploy to the city if called. Then they go over the context of what happened. George Floyd protests, two Federal Protective Service officers shot, one killed in Oakland. After a third consecutive night of protests in Minneapolis and in several other major cities, authorities on Friday arrested former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. We get this stuff. Okay, so I, I, I guess that's just it. They're, they're not going to give us an update. One, one of the really frustrating things with all this news coverage is that no one's really writing articles. They're just microblogging. So there's your headline. I guess that's what we've seen. We have this story from CNN. Man in a van shoots into a crowd of protesters in Detroit, killing a 19-year-old. I guess that story is self-explanatory too. I want to show you this video. I want to show you how the news is reporting what happened with the FedEx driver, that a man was dragged for blocks killed. They make it seem like this guy just crashed into him. It's not the case. But I'm going to do something that uh, I don't normally do, but I think is important right now. This website is safeandreadymeals.com. This is a promotional spot. It is a sponsored spot. Safe and Ready Meals is an emergency food supply company. Yeah, I get it. A lot of people like to joke and laugh and mock me because I'm pitching you all emergency food. There's a reason why I don't promote weird vitamin supplements or anything like that. There's a lot of money to be made for some reason, and there's jokes about it. But this is real. Okay, I've got emergency food. And when the pandemic started, I you know, encouraged people to make sure they had their supplies. And I made a joke about it saying, if you went out and bought rice and beans, the worst case scenario is that you're going to have taco night, right? A couple of weeks ago, I said, hey, maybe it's time to have that taco night. Now things are getting better. Well, now we're seeing across the country in 21 cities, cops are, uh, uh, cops were shot. One, one of them died. We've seen cops fleeing police departments. Apparently in New York, they overran uh, the 88th, I guess. So I'll tell you what, man, if now's not the time, I don't know, you, you, you do what you want to do, man. You sit here and you make fun of me all day and night. That's fine. But there are a lot of things you got to do to make sure you are prepared, to say the least. No, it doesn't include 30-year supply of beans. It doesn't include a bunker. But it do, maybe it does include a two-week supply of food or a four-week supply of food. If you go to safeandreadymeals.com, they have, they're sold out of the two-week emergency food supplies. They have four-week supplies available. I believe they have a lot more available. Look, you buy this stuff, you put it in your closet, you forget about it. You can uh, choose to ignore it. That's fine. But I really, really do think it's a smart thing for you to have. I'm doing what I have to do and in preparation for just how insane everything has gotten. And let me just tell you, man, if they're telling the military to come in like the L.A. riots into Minneapolis, but it's happening across the country. This is well beyond the L.A. riots. The Insurrection Act of 1807. Crazy, man. Safeandreadymeals.com. The link is in the description below. It is a sponsored spot. When you buy from them, I do get, you know, it, 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 it does support the channel. Easy way to explain it. So I appreciate it if you do. But by all means, post in the comments making fun of me and ignore it. And then when you look out the window, when you see people throwing bricks through the stores in your city and you can't go and buy food the next day, maybe, maybe I'll be wrong. But I'm telling you this, man, that target that got burned to the ground, yeah, people would buy their groceries from there. Well, now it's gone. I'm getting emails from people saying they're fleeing where they live and going to the countryside. There's no food out there by the lake. So what have you done to make sure you're going to be okay? Your friends, your family are going to be okay. I don't know if this is going to, I'll tell you what, your worst case scenario is because they sold out of the two week one. You got a four week supply. It's probably going to take a little while to get to you at this point. I'll be honest. I think everybody who went out and bought this three, four months ago, when I first pitched it, you're probably very happy you have it now. And the people who didn't, maybe you're considering it. But let's talk about this story. 
Kova, uh, I'm sorry, KMOV 4. Man struck killed by FedEx truck following night of protests in downtown St. Louis. My understanding are that these are the same stories. I don't know for sure. Because what we have are a series of social media posts that are hard to confirm. But it does seem to sync up. I want to read you the story and then I want to show you the truth. They say, Detectives are investigating after a man was struck and killed by a FedEx truck overnight in downtown St. Louis following a night of protests. The accident happened near North Broadway in O'Fallon around 3.08 a.m. The man was taken to a hospital where he later died, police said. An incident, an accident reconstruction team was called to the scene to investigate. Bystander Jared Arms captured video of the incident. Protesters had blocked off the street with their cars and were seen setting something in the road on fire when the FedEx truck approached. The video captured protesters banging on the FedEx truck, urging the driver to back up. A man who was later seen standing between the truck's two trailers was dragged by the semi just moments later. Hundreds of protesters marched in the streets overnight in downtown St. Louis to demand justice for George Floyd. George Floyd. The truck then drove from the ramp to North Broadway and Cass, where people arrived to investigate further. News 4 reached out to FedEx regarding the incident and are waiting to hear back. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to play the full videos. But I want to show you these clips. Cassandra Fairbanks tweeted, they deleted it, but I grabbed it already. Shout out to this FedEx driver who is making, making sure we get our packages. These people were banging on the trucks. But why was someone kneeling in between two of the tires between these trailers? I don't know. I think he was providing a support for people to climb on his back, to enter the trailer, to steal from it. We have this video I'm going to be very careful, but this one doesn't show anything. I don't believe we can see in this clip. They're running up to the truck. There's the FedEx truck. It's I don't know what this kind of semi is called where it's got two trailers, but there they are in between pulling boxes out and there's someone on their knees. For some reason, I don't know why you can see them. That's it. I'm going to stop it there. I'm not going to show you the rest. All right. You can find these videos from Cassandra at Cassandra rules on Twitter if you want to see the rest, but I won't be playing them here. I don't, I don't know what we can expect from, uh, from this moving forward, but a lot of people have already died from this. And, and this is the crazy question I have. What, what's it all for? You know, I see a lot of people saying that the riots resulted in a, a, an arrest. That's funny, isn't it? That's funny. It's really funny. I'm not going to name these people, but I see these high profile YouTubers and Twitter personalities saying, y'all are ragging on us about these riots. But now within, you know, 24 hours, they went and arrested this guy. All right. You win. I give you that. Why are you still rioting? You won. They arrested him. Charged him with third degree murder. Because it's not about that. It's not about wanting this. It's an excuse. It's an excuse for these communities to be victimized. Because there are videos going around. There's one really viral clip where it's a a group of black men blocking white anti-fascist, Antifa protesters saying, we're not going to let you do this. Because after this is all said and done, we still have to be here. These people are coming from outside these cities. They're coming for, for opportunity. They're smashing the windows of Louis Vuitton. They're in, in Chicago. I think it was Chicago. They're smashing windows of a CVS. Why? They're stealing things. That's it, man. We're headed towards every man for them, for themselves, every person for themselves. Let's make this one PC, huh? For, 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 for today's day and age. I think it'll be funny. What have you done to make sure that when you see the hordes, you know, storming through where you live, that you've taken care of yourself? You don't have to. I don't care. But I'll tell you what happens. You become one of the zombies. Right now, what we're seeing with these FedEx trucks, it's people stealing, what, TVs? Man, I hope my package wasn't in that FedEx box. I got some skateboards coming, right? Who knows what they're taking? 
you're going to get an email one day and it's going to say your delivery was canceled because the truck was looted and raided. And all those packages now held up, maybe even evidence. I don't know. People stole so much. So I hope you're not ordering from FedEx. Um, I mean that half, half jokingly. But first and foremost, people start stealing objects of material wealth. Eventually, it's going to come down to food. And if you haven't done what you need to do to make sure you protect yourself, then you'll have no choice but to become someone who's doing that. So I hope that's not the case. I hope we don't get there with the military coming in, potentially, with the National Guard, maybe the stops. You know why I don't think so? What are you going to do? You're going to send the military to Minneapolis? What are you going to do about New York? where they started looting in the East Village. What are you going to do about Los Angeles? What are you going to do about Atlanta? You're going to send the military out to every one of these places? We're going to have to have the U.S. military occupying our own country? Perhaps, but I'll tell you what, that'll make things worse. And I hate to say I told you so, man, because I predicted this. I really, really did. Maybe, Maybe the details were wrong, but you can sort of see, you could sort of see it coming. And I'll tell you what comes next. Potentially. I can't see the future. I don't know exactly what, uh, what will happen, but I'll tell you what I think will happen based on the variables placed in front of me. What I said a couple of years ago was that when the insurrection gets really bad, the escalation with Antifa, Black Lives Matter protesting and rioting, because I've been covering this stuff for a decade. What I said was the police eventually have to come out and it's obvious and predictable what happens next. The protesters are mad at the cops, the cops you know, clash with the protesters, riots, the the protests become riots at that point. The police fight. The National Guard gets called in. Eventually, the the riots aren't uh, stopped by the National Guard. So the military comes in. Now you're going to have military and police occupying cities. And a lot of people for a short time will be happy. The people who say, please don't tread on me, right? They just want to be safe because there's raging hordes outside. Think about what happened with COVID though. They started telling women they couldn't go to the park. So when these military come in and somebody's in their apartment, let me tell you what it's going to be like. You're going to be in your apartment in downtown Minneapolis. The military is going to get called in and you're going to say, thank God the military is here to stop everything. You're going to walk outside and there's going to be a guy with a gun. He's going to say, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am, you you can't come outside. You know, we've got, you know, between the hours of three and four is shopping hour. And you're going to be like, what do you mean I can't go outside? What do you mean I can't go to the park? And we've already experienced this. This is the point I've been making the entire time. One of the reasons for these riots is because people were locked in their homes for months. What do you think is going to happen now when they do it? It's even worse now because the riot started. This is the domino effect where it just keeps going. COVID hits. People locked in their houses. They're angry. They want to go out. They can't. They're getting arrested for being in the park. Now, even conservatives aren't standing behind these cops for the most part, of, to, to, its, to varying degrees. Obviously, nobody likes, uh, n- n- conservatives are calling out the rioting for sure. But a lot of people are right. The goodwill the police had amongst conservatives has dwindled because of the unconstitutional enforcement. Good cops said they wouldn't do it. There were very few of them. So then you see these George Floyd's killing and people go out and protest. And then surprisingly, very few conservatives, I mean, even Sean Hannity, was calling out the Minneapolis police. So who is there to, to argue for the other side? Nobody. So what happens? This results in riots, which results in more enforcement from a law enforcement agency that has very little support across the country or, or lowering support, which results in the military coming in, which has more support, which results in a harsher lockdown. Curfews ignored. Law and order breaks down. 
Chris Hrapsky says, every reporter we have in four protest areas in Minneapolis right now, all saying there are no police nor National Guard anywhere. Buildings on fire, business actively being looted, four lane I-35 South blocked with people and fire. Governor, mayor, chief, what do you, what do you, what do you think? No, that, that's the final straw. When they just stop, when they're gone, you'll find yourself sitting at home. You'll be minding your business, maybe eating your last can of beans. And then all of a sudden you'll hear some noises outside. A bunch of angry people are stomping around. They're fighting. They're clashing. We don't know why. This is a, this is a video from the White House, but uh, uh, where I said they were trying to you know, push through the barricades. The, the, the people running the show are gone. They're protecting themselves. Right? People are asking, where's Donald Trump right now? Because he hasn't been tweeting, which is kind of silly because if he didn't tweet in the first place, people wouldn't be saying that. But when everything goes south, the first thing that happens is the, system, the power structures protect themselves before they protect you. The police will be, will be protecting their police department, not your home. And you'll look at things like this. Rioters pull black men out of his car and begin beating him in Dallas. Why? Why? Just some guy in his car? A black man beating, being, being beaten by other black men? So it's not a racial thing, right? It's meaningless. Completely meaningless. So perhaps there will come a time when an angry group is running through your neighborhood. Maybe you live in a residential area slightly on the outskirts of a big city. Maybe you live in a residential suburb and maybe large groups of people start looking for stuff. They're going to smash the windows of, you know, if they're going to burn down buildings in low-income housing, why wouldn't they raid a home? I mean, they burned down. It was a, a, it was a, it was a construction site, but it was mostly done, I believe, of low-income housing. What's to stop them from coming to your house? Now, we're not there yet. Maybe we don't get there. I don't see why people would start protesting and marching to the suburbs. That doesn't seem to make sense. But it could happen, especially if people are desperate and hungry, and especially if they're attacking each other for unknown reasons. They're not, this is not about George Floyd at all. Food riots, maybe. No idea. But I guess we'll only sit and wait and find out. So let me say it one more time for all of you. First and foremost, I mean, with full disclosure, safeandreadymeals.com is a promo spot. And I only shout it out because I really do believe in it. I'm not going to sell you vitamins. I'm not going to sell you anything I wouldn't use myself. I see all these people, you know, you got Vitamax, extra, you know, dragon strength. It's like, nah, whatever, man. You eat food every day. You got a first aid kit? Tell me where it is. A lot of you know. I'm sure a lot of you are like, oh man, where is my first aid kit? That's right. But you do have one. When was the last time you used it? It's funny to me that it takes something like this for people to realize that sometimes you need to eat. You eat every day. Uh, you can go a month without eating, but it's not going to be fun. This will last you one month. And then I don't know what to tell you, man. So get it or don't. don't I, I don't care. <laughs> you can do it or you're not. Uh, but I appreciate it if you want to support the channel and you do get it. And I, and, I, and I really do stand by it that I think people should have some kind of emergency provisions. I hope you've also gone and, and gotten tools you might need. A multi-tool, a Leatherman, I don't know. I'm not saying the world's ending. But I'll tell you what, man, you combine what's going on right now with the pandemic and things sure are weird. Why is it that all these stories, remember these stories where they said protesters came out demanding the country reopen? Days later, COVID, oof, skyrockets. Well, it's been four days of riots. Where are these stories? COVID isn't skyrocketing? What, what's happening? So you mean good, honest people followed the rules, stayed home. And now people are going out and rioting. You play by the rules and all that's left is destruction of your city. I'll leave it there. 
Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I'll see you all then. I'm sorry, but too many American journalists are just ill-equipped, ignorant, and should not be covering these events. But all of these different news outlets think they can send people out into conflict and unrest without training. And you know what? I, I can't necessarily sympathize with, with these people. Look, I, I do, but if you don't know how to cover this stuff, if you don't have training, if you've never been on the ground and you just waltz out, don't be surprised if you get hurt. If you're a news company, you send people out, don't be surprised if they get hurt. Now, I want to be fair. The first story I have for you has to do with CNN. Now, CNN didn't send people out. They did. They did. But what I mean is this story was the protesters coming to CNN HQ. And when these people were covering it, they weren't prepared for what was going to happen. And this stuff melts my brain. This story right here, CNN HQ in Atlanta defaced by protesters. Here's another one. Fox News crew harassed, chased by angry mob while reporting on protests outside of the White House. And in Louisville, a poli- the police shot at a reporter and cameraman with pepper balls, even hitting the camera in the middle of a live broadcast. I don't care if it's the cops. I don't care if it's the, pro- if it's the protesters. Everybody's going nuts. Everyone's on edge. The police should not be, be shooting at reporters. I have been shot at by police in riots. You know why? They don't know or care what you're doing or why you're doing it. They have orders. Sometimes they're too stupid to actually react properly. Yes, I'm going to be disrespectful on this one. Why? I'll tell you a story that I was told by a buddy of mine. There was a big protest, riot kind of event. I say riot kind of because it wasn't like this. It was like protest and they start throwing rocks. The police showed up and surrounded a park and everyone just dispersed and walked away because the protest had ended. And the police just stood there for like an hour because they never gotten orders to do anything else. How stupid is this? Meanwhile, all the protesters started walking around doing other things. That's what I mean by sometimes the cops are too stupid too. I get it. They have to follow orders to make sure there's a system in place. But I'll tell you what, man, if you're a cop and you're told to go stand around an empty park and do nothing while protesters romp about the city, you got a problem with your city. You got a problem with the system. There needs to be something to fix that. But, but it, that's very different from this cop just blatantly shooting a journalist, which should not have happened. To make it worse, I'm seeing people on Twitter saying things like, it's almost like Trump told the American people for three years that the press was the enemy of the people. Oh, shut up, dude. In 2012, I was in Anaheim and the cops just started shooting randomly at me. I was by myself on the, on the street. Okay. There was nothing around us and we started getting shot at. All right. Whatever, man. You want to give me whatever excuse or whatever reason for why they did that? I don't care. It happened. It is what it is. Okay. I get it. Everyone's on edge. But take a look at the CNN story. This is where I want to be fair and say the CNN crew was in the lobby of their own building, but we have this video clip. Well, let me read for you what NBC reported. These, just, these people don't understand what they're dealing with, and thus, even in their own building, are ill-equipped to handle this stuff. Protesters damaged windows outside CNN's headquarters in Atlanta on Friday and spray-painted a company sign. Atlanta was one of many U.S. cities where large protests broke out. We know that. Some of the protesters targeted CNN's nearby building, breaking windows and defacing the large CNN sign outside the building. A small group of police officers entered the building to ensure protesters remained on the outside. CNN broadcast scenes from the building's lobby where law enforcement had been positioned. At one point, some small explosions that appeared to be firecrackers. Firecrackers? These people are morons. Firecrackers. 
thrown by protesters into the building, pushed CNN's Nick Valencia to retreat farther into the building. Someone threw what is colloquially, colloquially known as mortar shell fireworks or artillery shell fireworks. These things are extremely dangerous. They're explosives. The police and also the police, man. Wow. Outside. Okay. I don't want to show the full, the full video because, you know, you can find this online, but we can see all of the protesters lined up outside. Someone lobs in one of these, I guess, you know, mortar shell fireworks. Let's see if it starts in the beginning. You can see it fly in. It land. There it is. All right. Here it is right here. You can see that it lands next to the cops who just stand there and duck, man. You know, look, the reason the cops may not have moved is because they needed to hold the line. They didn't want to break the line in case the protesters were doing this to break in. The journalists are, are standing there like shocked and freaked out that boom, someone threw an explosive into your building. I think it's hilarious. Firecracker, they say over and over again. It's funny. I was in uh, Berkeley and they were throwing M80s. M80s are extremely powerful. You can lose your hand. And somebody threw one and it landed near an old woman who fell down. And I said, they're throwing explosives. And then all these lefties were like, oh, they're just firecrackers. Shut your mouth. You throw anything that blows up fine. But a firecracker is that little thing. You ever see those little things? They come in a packet and you light the wick and it goes pop, 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 makes a bunch of pops. Those are firecrackers. That's what they're called, crackers. These are explosives. Fireworks, maybe. Sure, they're still explosive. They're still dangerous. And that thing can seriously injure somebody. But too many of these journalists are too stupid to actually report on what's really happening. But I'll tell you what, let me tell you about what I call the culture war wager. And I'll explain to you why these journalists probably keep bending over backwards to defend the riots. You may be familiar with Pascal's wager, right? This, I think, is not completely logically sound, but the argument is if you don't, if you believe in God and there is no God and you die, so what? Nothing happens. If you believe in God and there is a God and you die, congratulations, you go to heaven. If you don't believe in God and there is no God, nothing happens. If you don't believe in God and there is one, well, now you're in trouble, right? The argument is thus, you should believe in God because that way, you know, it's the safest option to take. The culture war wager is similar. Right now, the factions we have are the armed, violent left and conservatives. You know, the fringe far right extremists, they're not really a a powerful group. In fact, they're ostracized and removed by the establishment right, which means the the, the culture war factions are the corporate leftists who pander and desperately try to get support from the far left extremists. People like, you know, we saw in 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 the Project Veritas videos, the uh, uh, Bernie campaigners who are talking about insurrection and stuff like that and keeping the more crazy stuff a secret. So here's what we have. In the culture war, if you are left wing or support the left and the right wins, you're fine. That's nothing happens. If you support the left wing riots and protests and the culture war, uh, the left wing intersectionalists and the left wins, you're fine. Nothing happens. If you're a right winger, and you support the right and they win. You're fine. Nothing happens. But if you're a right winger and the left wins, they put you up against the wall. Therefore, the wager dictates the safest place you can be is defending the violent lunatics. There's actually, it's the culture, I call it the culture, culture wars wager. 
There's an easier way to explain this. Conservatives aren't marching to uh, Twitter HQ with Molotovs. I mean, some some right wing individuals, conservatives, Trump supporters were on the steps of the state building with weapons. Nothing really happened. And the left shows up with bricks and they throw things and they attack people. So the reason I bring this up is just when you see journalists, right, saying things like from CNN, they're just firecrackers. When you see MSN, I don't know if you saw this clip, MSNBC reporter standing outside a burning building saying, no, well, hold on. It's, it's peaceful. You know, it's mostly peaceful here. It's like, dude, you're standing in a conflict zone. That is the definition of not peaceful. They give people training for this. These news crews send out morons. And you know what, man? I'm sorry. I know I'm a bit disrespectful, but this, this one is very, very personal to me because I have been on the ground and I've had my life put at risk by morons, people who don't know what they're doing when they step outside in this. I guess I'm lucky, right? I grew up on the south side of Chicago, so I'm no stranger to urban conflict when it arises. It was a constant scene. I hear a, hear a story from a friend. It's like, oh, yeah, someone was dragging a carpet with feet sticking out the back of it from it through the alley last night. Yeah, we get it. We hear those gunshots go up. There was a fight outside the high school near my house. And all of a sudden, one dude pulled out a gun and everyone's running and screaming. That was just normal life in the south side of Chicago. And I didn't even live in the worst part. So for me, for me maybe I inadvertently was granted this experience and this understanding. And it's not necessarily fair to say they don't deserve to get that experience as well. But I'll tell you what, man, if you step out in these situations and you don't know what you're doing, what to expect, and don't be surprised when this happens. Fox News crew harassed, chased by angry mob while reporting on protests outside the White House. Now I'm going to give him some credit here. I'm fair. I'm actually impressed with this guy. Let me read you this story. An angry mob of rioters stoked by the death of a black man uh, were protesting at the White House. Veteran reporter Leland Vittert was covering the protests in Lafayette Park just before 1 a.m. with three crew members when as many as a dozen masked protesters surrounded them in footage caught by the Daily Caller. After a protester lunged at Vittert while he was reporting on air, the team made a beeline out of the park with the hot with the hostile and growing crowd in pursuit. Vittert and crew were punched and hit with projectiles as they fled, and a Fox crew camera was broken when a member of the mob tried to grab it. I actually want to say um, this guy deserves a little bit of respect. I only say a little bit. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to be fair, but you know, I'll, I'll, no, I should put it this way. My respect to Leland Vittert for his calm head and his intelligent exodus from this hot situation. I respect that journalists need to go out and cover this stuff. And I don't know necessarily what else he could have done because he has a film crew with him. But I think a lot of journalists who enter these situations and don't prepare for it, I can't sympathize. However, when the mob came for this guy and his crew, he was very, very smart about it. And so I can respect that. He said, don't run, don't run, don't run. Smart move. When you run, everyone goes nuts. And that's when they jump on you and start punching you and going crazy. You calmly just walk out. And they might, they might try and get you to agitate. They want you to escalate. Don't do it. Someone grabbed their camera and he says, not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not. So he was smart about it. And that I can respect. However, I don't think they necessarily should have been covering these things or been in the situation in the first place. That's just my opinion. So I'm, 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 I'm trying to be less harsh on this crew because they got out safely and smartly. Now, this, this crew right here deserves all the disrespect I can give. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean it. Now, I get it. The cops should not have been shooting at this reporter. But I'll tell you something, man. I was in Ferguson. And I don't remember this reporter's name, and I don't care to say it. 
but she's standing on West Florissant and you hear live gunfire. And you know what she did? She goes, oh, 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 oh. And then just like, right, like, oh, uh, oh. Uh, and like, what are you nuts? What are these people doing? This one, this one, this one, this one. Right to my heart, man. I'll tell you why. I'm in Ferguson, all right? It was one of the first nights of, of the rioting. And Ferguson was nowhere near as bad as all this stuff. I'll be honest. And it was bad. I watched them torch a whole city block. They're burning the whole city down in Minneapolis. I'm in Ferguson. And what do we hear? Live gunfire. Guess what? Every single person on that street hits the deck. Yeah, when you grow up in these places, you know how to act. And the person that was sent with me just stood there. The only person standing up, ignoring everything, going, they're just fireworks. Do you see anybody walking around with fireworks? Do you see people walking around with guns? That's why it bothers me. These journalists get sent out. They're putting their co-workers' lives at risk, and they're putting their own lives at risk. Now, if you want to put your own life at risk, that's fine. But when these news organizations are too stupid to cover these things properly or know what to expect and to plan for this stuff and do proper security, these people, man. I remember when I was in Ferguson, I first went there for Vice, and that's when it was really frustrating. Like these, you know, you'd think Vice of all people would have, nah, man. A lot of the Vice reporters had, had no experience doing this. They were just young enough to be stupid enough to go out on, on the ground and do this. But I'll tell you what, when everyone hits the deck, just hit the deck, bro. I came back, I was at Ferguson, and, I, and, and there I was. I'm with another reporter, a veteran uh, filmmaker. We hear the live gunshots go off. I'm, I'm on the ground in two seconds. I look to my right. There's my buddy. Good, sir. I'm, I'm proud. I was like, yes, this guy. I look to my left. What do I see? Local, uh, a national news reporter for a major network looking around confused going, those, those fireworks? Buddy, did you see everyone hit the ground? You're the, only, you're, you're the one who doesn't get it. You can find the video of me in Ferguson. It's a vice highlight reel where I'm, I'm leaning up against, I'm like crouching behind this big box transformer and you hear twangs. And then I look to my right. There's, there's, there's a buddy of mine. We're on the deck and he's screaming, get down, come here, come here, get down to watch these journalists come out and do these things. This is the stupidest thing. Breaking video, Louisville police fire rubber bullets at reporter live on TV. I'm sorry, man. I'm just, I can't, I can't deal with this. You got a small woman walking up to the police line, staring as the guy pulls out his pepper ball gun, points it at the camera and starts firing. And they're going, huh? What's happening? Oh, he's shooting at us. What? And the camera gets hit and they're just like, huh? What? It's called move. It's called leave. It's called stop putting your, your, your people at risk. It's, it's called stop going out into these conflicts if you are not prepared for them. CNN crew got arrested the other day. I prefer some footage over no footage. All right. So, so look, I get it. Maybe it's me. This, this, this is where I'll be a bit more pompous and elitist. But these people are putting lives at risk. They are. I get it. The footage is important to have. But I'll, put, I'll, I'll simplify this. These companies need to train their staff on how to deal with these things. These journalists need to have gone through training. They're not doing it. The news organizations are dying. They're falling apart. And this is what you see. Live gunfire. Now, the, now the police apologize for targeting the news crew, but it doesn't matter, man. 
if you don't know how to act in these situations, you're going to make it more dangerous for everybody else. You're putting everyone's lives at risk for what? So you can film yourself standing in front of a bunch of cops. Now, I get it. The cops are at fault. there. What are you doing shooting at a young, a small woman like this? What is this? Look at this. Let me, let me play a little bit of this. I just want to show you. You see her walking with a backpack. First of all, let me point something out. What are you doing? She looks like a protester wearing a mask in that backpack. And they say, couldn't they see the camera? They don't know if she's with the camera. But let's be honest here. They shoot the camera too. So I'm just trying to point that out. Maybe not in this situation. They zoom in and sure enough, a cop walks up and you see him just pointing his pepper ball gun right at them. That is insane. All right. Now I'll throw some shit at the cops. What are you doing? You just shot a news crew with pepper balls. That's going on everybody. You want to make, you want people to sympathize with you? <laughs> Never going to happen. So let me just say, you know what, man? Maybe I'm just frustrated. Maybe it's frustrating to see all of this. Maybe everyone's gone nuts. Cooler heads will prevail. Chance favors they're prepared. Maybe that's reality. Maybe there are some of us that are calm, collected. Maybe there are some of us that bought some emergency food, right? While everyone else laughs about how much smarter they are uh, than us. And then maybe when, when, when everything hits the fan, we were out weeks before. We're safe. We've, we, we, we prepared for, for all of this. And maybe you're some of these people who have no idea what's going on and just are, are totally clueless walking around. That's, that, that, to me, should not be happening. It absolutely shouldn't. In Louisville, all right, where this is going down, so what is it? Several, several people were shot. Seven people were shot during the protest in Louisville. And at least one is in critical condition. In Oakland the other day, two federal officers shot. One died. This is the reality of what's happening. And you know, it's funny. I'm getting messages from people. Hey, Tim, you going to go out in this? No, no, I'm not. You know why? Because there's a difference between what we've seen in the past and what we're seeing now. There is a difference. Now, journalists got to do it. And I'll say this, a lot of reporters, they're in better positions than I to be on the ground doing this. At this point, I probably have too, you know, too much heat on me. People would see me and it's just not, not good for anybody. It would, it, would, it would cause an impact. But the main reason I wouldn't go here to these, to these various protests, riots, I should say, and the reason I didn't go to many other major rioting events is because there's a big difference between people showing up and being angry about a major news story and people just smashing things. Right now, there are people with cell phone cameras filming everything. Do you really need to have your news crew go down there to film a row of police officers? It's questionable. A lot of people probably say yes. So I'm not going to argue for or against that. But I'll tell you for myself, what would be accomplished by me being one more phone out of the 10,000 when this isn't about any individual? Oh, you can argue the protest, the rioting all started because of a catalyst, George Floyd. We're not there anymore. This is just chaos and crisis throughout various cities. So what do you want me to do? Would you want me to film one person throw a brick? I'm not going to do that. And that's why this is not unique to what's going on right now. It's not something new that's developed in my career. There were many protests and events throughout the past decade I ignored. The events that I liked to cover that I thought were important were specific and, and were about something specific. Occupy Wall Street, very specific. And you had protests all across the country. The Ferguson riots, very specific. It was about that one moment. Okay, this is beyond that. Smashing CNN is not about anything having to do with George Floyd. It has escalated well beyond that. So I, 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 I could be on the ground covering certain things for sure. 
it won't be this widespread mass looting, chaos and destruction, trying to breach the barricades of the White House. I respect the journalists who are covering this because we need to know what's happening. But we're also entering a new age where people are filming everything as it is and the footage exists. I actually think it's better for for me to sit back and show you what I can and try and bring these stories together because I got a big one coming up at 4 p.m. For those on the podcast, you've already heard it. But it now seems there is a lot of evidence emerging that this is all being orchestrated. Oh, yeah. You want to call it a conspiracy? Fine. But I'll tell you what. I know a lot of these lefty protesters. They've prepared for this. They've planned for this. I'm not talking about government conspiracy or anything crazy like that. The governor of Minnesota thinks it is. He thinks foreign influence is affecting this. And I'll look at the evidence. I'll wrap it up there. The next segment for y'all on YouTube is coming up at timcast.net at 4 p.m. Stick around because I'm going to show you some of this evidence. This stuff is freaky. I'm talking about like bricks being preset. I'm talking about potential police smashing windows, all this crazy stuff. And the governor calling it out. Stick around. I'll see you then. Timcast.net. It's been a devastating past couple of days for CNN. Why in Atlanta, we saw a bunch of people storm their lobby. And that's that's legit messed up. We saw the reporter Omar Jimenez get arrested. Also legit messed up. But I'm proud to say I can go back to making fun of CNN because in all seriousness, I'm glad nobody got hurt. I think nobody got hurt when the rioters went to the CNN HQ. I'm glad they can continue to be their awful selves because it's their right to do so. I don't like them. CNN is, is a really awful network that has turned journalism into reality TV. But as much as I might not like what they do, I absolutely do respect their right to do it. It's kind of unfortunate, right? Well, here we go. CNN host Chris Cuomo's viewership has plunged by half since he contracted coronavirus after segments with brother Andrew were panned as ratings stunts. The ratings for CNN have collapsed. Oh, yeah. Love to see it, don't you? All right. I'm glad you guys are all safe over that CNN. Now we'll go back to making fun of each other. That's the way it should be, right? This is what I talk about when, when the bickering gets too crazy. But let's be real here. Part of the reason things get crazy is because of what CNN does. Now, look, if, if CNN is going to be um, doing prop comedy like Chris Cuomo did, I don't like what they're doing to journalism, but that's it's not the same as them drumming up anger and fear and resentment and polarization, which they're kind of doing now to varying degrees. And they've done for the past several years. So you got to look at to a certain point what CNN's been doing. They've kind of with with the rioting. There's a reason why people don't like them. You know, and they were shocked. People were like, but we're here telling the truth. No, the protesters don't like you because of what you're doing to this country and to their communities and how you profit off of it. I know I've been criticized a whole lot for similar things, but let's read the story from the Daily Mail and we'll and we'll we'll rag on Chris Cuomo for being awful at his job. Here's the story. They say his ratings have plunged 49 percent. Whoa, yikes, man, since he announced he would contracted coronavirus. Since the week of March 30th, Cuomo has dropped from uh, from first in his 9 p.m. time slot among cable news hosts to bottom of the barrel. Last week, averaging just 440,000 daily viewers in the age demographic prized by advertisers. Cuomo's stunning ratings nosedive came after interviews with his brother, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, in lighthearted segments that were widely panned as rating stunts amid the coronavirus pandemic. Wow. It really does look like his ratings tanked because of their stupid reality TV trash. 
Oh, you love to see it, don't you? This is what you get. Now, MSNBC took a little dip. Fox News took a bit of a dip as well. Well, it looks like uh, Hannity, uh, who's this? Hannity's ratings are down a lot too. Tucker Carlson's way up though. They say, though all cable news ratings saw something of a drop off in viewership in May, as viewers seemingly grew weary of the pandemic coverage, Chris Cuomo's decline was sharper than his time slot competitors, MSNBC's Rachel Maddow and Fox News' Sean Hannity. That's right. And in my opinion, it's because of this. Ah, you love to see it. Look at this. Chris Cuomo laughing as he holds a giant prop comedy swap, an oversized novelty comedy swap, uh, (laughs) an oversized novelty cotton swap to make fun of his brother. However, a source close to the anchor pointed out that cable news ratings rise and fall dramatically depending on what's happening in the news cycle. The person argued that weekly averages don't provide an accurate picture of viewership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice try. Chris Cuomo's ratings peak came the week of March 30th when he announced he had tested positive for coronavirus and was isolating in his basement, beating out Maddow and Hannity with 862,000 daily viewers in the key demo. Since then, his ratings have dropped 49% in the demo and 35% overall. While Maddow is down 17% in the demo and 7%, Hannity dropped 38% in the demo and 12% overall. I'm not a big fan of Hannity. I'm kind of a fan of Tucker Carlson. I say kind of because I admittedly, I don't watch all his stuff. But the stuff I do get from him, he's, he's pretty good. I think Tucker is actually, when it comes to cable TV, one of the best that we have. He's not ridiculously partisan for the most part. I mean, he kind of, he, he's, he's conservative, right? But a lot of the stuff he talks about are just important news issues. So mad respect. He's been skyrocketing in the ratings. Here's what they say. Chris Cuomo dropped below Maddow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hannity has beaten Chris Cuomo since the week of April 6th. So we get it, right? Chris Cuomo faked the whole quarantine lockdown thing. And now his ratings are tanking because that's all he has to offer up. Sure. Take a look at this story. What? Cuomo and Lemon claim CNN is not being victimized. Not the news. Well, hold on. Hold on. Not the news. Are, are they trying to claim that the story isn't CNN? That's what I get from this, right? So journalists say things where they're like, well, you know what we do. We are not the story. The story is something else. Well, hold on. Let's read this and see what they say, because I'm, I'm ready to, to, to rag on them pretty hard. Newsbusters reports. On the same day that CNN correspondent Omar Yemenez's live arrest on New Day became a leading headline, the Washington Post compared Yemenez's arrest to George Floyd's murder, and an entrance to Atlanta's CNN center was attacked. Primetime host Chris Fredo Cuomo, I don't think that's necessary, guys, and CNN Tonight host Don Lemon wanted viewers to know that apparently CNN is not being victimized and not the news at all. Yes, you read that right. Newsbuster readers, two carnival barkers and Zuckerville residents are claiming that CNN isn't part of the story or wants to be the focus. If PolitiFact were worth anything, they'd label these claims pants on fire. CNN is a reality TV show. They don't want to be the story. What are you talking about? You put Chris Cuomo with his brother and he was wiggling around a giant oversized cotton swab. You are, it's all you've been doing. Jim Acosta stands up and goes, oh, at, to, at Donald Trump. And then Donald Trump goes, you fake news. Sit down. Next, next. And then he goes, rah, 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 rah. and then everyone in the press goes, rah, 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 rah. and that's all you hear from all of these old media barons at yelling at Trump. Rah, 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 rah. That's all they do. And now they want to come out and be like, well, we're not the story. We were just, you know, just trying to tell the truth. I don't care. You guys, you're just so awful, aren't you? But I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am actually, 
I'm actually relieved and happy that I get to make fun of them for this. I, I am because I don't want them to get hurt. I don't want, you know, I want, I, I don't want them to get sick with, with coronavirus or anything like that. I'm happy that they're healthy, man. I, I, I am. You know, it, it's, it's, it's the double-edged sword of free speech. I can't stand what they do. They're just so awful. But I am really happy that they're okay and they keep doing it because that's a sign of the health of speech in this country. Don't get me wrong. I think they contribute a whole lot to hurting it. And I think that I, as well as many others, resist that. That's the point. Healthy discourse can't be lopsided. So you know what? You take the go with the bad. You got your yin, you got your yang, you got your CNNs, and you got your independent commentary. You got people who actually do tell a better story and do a good job of reporting and commentating and everything like that. Happy to see that they're, they're, they're all okay. Now, this is Cuomo and Don Lemon, I guess. So Cuomo went first after the hour began with protesters firing BB gun rounds, fireworks, and smoke grenades into an entrance at CNN. He teed up the soundbite from Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance. She said, you know, you're burning cars, you've defaced CNN, all that stuff. After playing a soundbite of an elected official defending CNN, Fredo had the gall to insist CNN is here to tell the story. That's what we do and is not being victimized. All right. He continued, people are attacking the building. They're attacking a lot of things that are going on. This isn't about us. It's about our it's our ability to tell the story. That's not going to change. There are different situations, different dynamics in different cities. You know what they're doing? What they're doing with this video, I'm sorry, with this segment, is they're trying to as care, to bend the knee as carefully as possible to the rioters. That's what they're doing. What they should be saying is, F you, don't throw your bricks through my window, you punks, right? You should call them out. I'm kidding, by the way. But you, should, no, you really should call them out and say, hey, it's wrong to do this. Don't attack our building. We have a right to speak, and we're not going to let you take that away. So yes, they did throw rocks at us. That's what they should say. Instead, what do they do? No, no, we're not being victimized. We're not being victimized. You know why they're doing that? The same reason anybody else does is when riots break out. They're scared they will get attacked by the rioters. All right, fine. I can respect that to a certain extent. But if someone throws a brick through your window, instead of saying something like, oh, it's unfortunate, but I empathize. There's a viral post going on right now from, uh, it's like an Indian restaurant, I think, where the woman said, our, our restaurant is burning to the ground. And my and, and she's like, and my father said to me, let the building burn. Let them grieve. We have insurance. You know, we can rebuild, but that life will never be returned. And I'm like, I know what you're really saying, dude. You're saying, please don't hurt me anymore. You've hurt me. Please, please. I'm so sorry. What does burning down someone's restaurant have to do with justice? Literally nothing. Let the building burn. Not everybody whose buildings burned has insurance, dude. But that's what they're saying. And I get it, man terror and fear works. Some people are crazy. Some people would just spit in your face and say no. And we've seen this throughout the movies we've watched where they're like, tell us the secrets of the empire. And then they're like, I will never give them up and spit in their face. And they would rather die. And there's also stories of people who'd rather die than convert and all that stuff. I'll tell you what, man, I get it. There are rioters. They want to burn things down. I don't think I'm like these people. Like CNN, I don't think so. If somebody, you know, you want to you want to start something, you better finish it. You know what I mean? You want you want to you want to aim for the king. You got to make sure you, you, you go for the head. That's that's the saying. I think it was CNN here is just pandering to the crowd because they're scared of getting, you know, making it worse. So they don't want to fan the flames. They're backing down in fear. Maybe that's the smart thing to do, because like I said, you got to choose your battles. And if you can choose to have someone go away by simply saying, no, no, we're not being victimized. We're not. Please drop it. Please drop it. Maybe it's a smart thing to do. I think they're worried also that it's possible if they even mention anything about it, it'll put it in the news and then people will know it's it's it'll fan the flames. It'll add fuel to the fire, right? 
you end up with people who hear on TV it happened, they show up the next day. But I'll, 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 I'll leave it there. CNN, you trash, but I am glad you're okay. Stick around. I got a couple more segments for you in a few minutes, and I'll see you all shortly. All of these journalists, all of their predictions, all seemingly for nothing. I got the story from Newsbusters. Journalists forget their own predictions, millions of Americans to die, and they didn't. But you know what I want to talk about for real quick, and then I want to show you these stories, is how uh, these rioters are going out and they're not social distancing. But here's the funny part. Did you see all the stories in the media about how COVID was disproportionately affecting minority communities? A lot of these protesters were going online and complaining, saying, oh, you know, it's always disproportionately affecting these minority communities. And then many, not all, but many of these same people, they then go out to minority communities without social distancing to riot. These people don't care, man. They really, really don't care. So I'm sorry. I got to tell you something, man. This might break, you, break your heart, but you're the only one playing by the rules. You know who you are. If you're sitting there and you're doing everything right and you're abiding by the lockdown, if you're, if you're wearing a mask, you're playing by all the rules. Well, nobody else is. I'm sorry. They're going around smashing windows right now, showing you that they never cared about whether you wore a mask in the first place. A lot of these people are wearing masks. Let's be honest. They're doing it because they don't want to get arrested, but they never cared. Let me show you the story. This one's hilarious. Minneapolis mayor urges protesters to wear masks and practice social distancing. Ah, yes. Now, as you go about destroying the city and burning everything down, I only ask that you wear a mask while doing it. What? (laughs) You know, the response from the protesters, the rioters is, thanks. Thanks, mayor. We were already planning on wearing masks while we did this so that you couldn't arrest us. So please encourage those people to wear masks. What? You know what, man? How dumb is this is this place? Well, let's go back to the journalist story. They say the liberal media certainly has a convenient memory. Recently, as noted here by Newsbusters own Tim Graham, much was being made of the 100,000 Americans had died from the virus that the New York Times devoted an entire front page to listing the dead. Let's be plain. 100,000 dead Americans from the virus is horrific. Every human life is important. Totally agree for sure. But there is a curious something missing in all of the many stories of the death of 100,000. Tim notes this question to White House Press Secretary Kaylee McKennedy from Politico and CNN's Ryan Lizza. We're about to cross the 100,000 dead American milestone on Election Day. What does the White House view as the number of dead Americans where you can say that you successfully defeated this pandemic? Is there a number? Well, now, Thanks for asking, Ryan. As a matter of fact, your question as to is there a number has already been answered by your media colleagues. And no, the pandemic has yet to be defeated, but there has been a vivid success on the battlefront. Even if the media pretends to uh, pretends not to notice, here are some samples about how many Americans would die according to the media. Bold print for emphasis supplied from the New York Times on March 13th, as many as 200,000 to 1.7 million people could die. And you know, this is a really good point. I remember when they told us the New York Times made a, a sliding chart and they were like 7 million people could die. Well, things have, are winding down. According to Nate Silver, we may have already seen the peak of this earlier because we didn't actually track it properly. And that would mean that the projections we got were really bad. I'm sorry. I don't know if Newsbusters brings this part up, but let me tell you. Some in journalism, leftists have already said that Donald Trump was was hoping for inflated projections so that they could claim victory and make it look like they saved everyone. 
All right, man, there's, there's no solution there, is there? If you give us a number and it's, and it's really high and the number is low, you still blame Trump for it? You know what, man? From the New York Times on March 16th, they mentioned 2.2 million people could die. The Washington Post on the 19th, 1.1 million. Wow. So you're saying Trump reduced the deaths by 90%? Maybe. But honestly, uh, honestly, no. As we now know, the lockdowns likely backfire. That's according to a study put out by JP Morgan. We have seen Dr. Burks ask the CDC to investigate why certain cities have remained locked down, but they're still seeing COVID steady because the lockdown didn't do anything. And so none of this really matters. It's just a bunch of hot air from people who have no idea what's happening. And let's be real. As soon as the riot started, this story evaporated. Bill Maher apparently on his show was ragging on Dr. Fauci, saying he flip-flopped the whole time. And I saw that clip and I said, so what? That story's over. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. I mean, I, I, look, I get it. Some people are still talking about COVID, but come on. How many rioters are happening? We have 30 cities with riots. Nobody cares about the coronavirus anymore. That cycle's over. And now that that news cycle is over, it's like no one's getting sick anymore and everyone's forgotten about everything that was happening. Isn't that just so weird? Now, look, I get it. People are getting sick. I'm just talking about out of sight, out of mind. Nobody cares now. All these stories about right wingers and showing up on the, on the, on the steps of the Capitol building, they were destructive. They were callous. They come out today. MSNBC says they're mostly peaceful. They say in the media, well, they're grieving. Let them grieve. I, I respect that. Protesters grieving. I respect the First Amendment. I don't respect the riots destroying small businesses and destroying people's livelihoods. But the protests, I don't care if it's for George, George Floyd. I don't care if it's for ending the lockdown. You got a First Amendment right. We saw a group called Legally Armed in Detroit of black men armed with guns and wearing masks on the steps of the Capitol building in Michigan. More power to them, man. First Amendment right. But how are you going to write all these stories condemning these libertarian conservatives and two-way activists, condemning them outright, saying they're terrorists, callous, who don't care about their fellow man and would rather see them die so they could have a haircut? What about these people? What about these people who would, who would see their neighbors die so they can get a TV? What about the people who are looting booze? You see that photo of the guy stuffing his pants with booze? All right, let me ask you a question. Where's the story saying the rioters are risking the lives of their neighbors to steal booze? Oh, I'm sorry. The journalists bend over backwards to make sure they placate the angry mob. It's obvious, man. It's like I said in the last segment. They're doing it because they don't want people to show up to their place with a brick. This is why it's funny. Minneapolis mayor is trying to dance the line between both of these dumb news cycles because they don't want the press writing bad stories about them. That's really what it's about. The Minneapolis mayor is urging protesters to wear masks. You know what? Practice social distancing. Yes, I'm sure everyone will stay a, 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 a nice clean six feet apart as they smash the window of a local U.S. bank and storm in setting fires trying to steal money from the ATMs. I'll, I'm sure they'll make sure to wear their masks. Take a look at this. It's hilarious. Here's a quote. The city encourages everyone to exercise caution, to stay safe while participating in demonstrations, including wearing masks and physical distancing as much as possible to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Man, that's a word I haven't heard in a long time, right? Isn't that crazy? Does it even feel like real life anymore? 
Is it possible that a meteor hit the earth in 2016, right at the moment the, 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 the numbers were supposed to come in? And then when the earth got destroyed, we all got flung into some alternate space time continuum or parallel reality or hell. <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. But doesn't it feel like nothing makes sense? How am I supposed to accurately plan what I'm supposed to do when no one has any idea what's happening? We were just in this big lockdown. Every single video I made was like complaining about COVID and, and you know, saving lives and what we got to do. And now it's like it's gone. The other day I do a video. It's like every single video is about, about a riot now. And I, I, somebody tweeted at me and they're like, haven't you heard, Tim? We got tired of playing that game. So now we're playing a new one. Yeah, it really does feel like that, doesn't it? Everybody was on board with the culture war of the lockdown. And now it's like, and you know what it feels like? You know, if we're in a simulation or something, it's like the little kid and his brother arguing, arguing over which mission they want to do in the game. And they're like, no, switch it back to the, to the Black Lives Matter ones. Or it's like, I'll tell you what happened. We're in a simulation, right? And you've got some, some 15-year-old kid playing a video game. And he's playing, you know, riots in the streets. And then his brother comes in and picks up a game. And then they're playing the pandemic outbreak simulator. He gets up to leave because he's got to go to school. And the other brother comes over and says, I want to go. I want to play the, the, the Black Lives Matter riot missions again. And he presses the button. Now, here we are. Like COVID didn't matter. Isn't that weird? I don't know, man. It, it doesn't seem to make sense. This story is funny because it's like trying to mix the, stu- to the, the two stories together. But this story doesn't make sense. The world is collapsing. Like Reality is breaking apart. Now, I, I got to stress this point. Think about it. We have the COVID story, we have the rioting story, and then when they try to come together, it seemingly makes no sense because the mayor is saying the people rioting and vandalizing property should wear masks while they do it. That's like paradoxical. You know what I mean? Encouraging the people breaking the law to conceal their identities while they do it. It just shows you how insane everything's become. And the journalists have seemingly forgotten all of it. Now, the, the, the initial story that I pulled up was talking about the numbers and everything, but I think it's fair to point out. They say, you know, journalists forget their own predictions. Journalists forget what they care about. I don't think they even know. I think these journalists are writing stories they think will get traffic. And then when all of a sudden a riot breaks out, they immediately rush full speed because the ratings are better on this story. Like, let's be honest, man. The ratings pertaining to a Black Lives Matter riot across the country are way better than COVID ratings. They love it. You know, there's a saying in journalism, what's bad for them is good for us. They say this. There's, there's people, they literally call themselves vultures. So here's what I think really happens. Simulation theories aside, they're fun, but I'm not saying I believe any of that stuff. The journalism industry, the news industry is desperately trying to make money as things fall apart. They're doing COVID every day because that's what they got. Yeah, it's kind of boring. Things are starting to open up again. So what do you write about? All of a sudden, someone throws a brick through a window and every camera points in that direction. And now it's like COVID just never happened. Take that for what it is, I guess. I got one more segment for you in a few minutes. Stick around. I will see you all shortly. Matt Gates and Josh Hawley are coming for Twitter. It's not just Donald Trump. You may have been following the story, but things are getting a little bit spicy. Shadow contributor Rep Matt Gates says Twitter is acting on behalf of the DNC in an FEC complaint. I think that's a bold statement. I don't think it's true. But I think Matt Gates brings up a very good point. When Twitter targets the president, they are giving an advantage to the president's political rivals. 
So it's not necessarily an in-kind contribution, but that's kind of what Matt Gates is arguing. Think about it this way. If, if I only ever allowed one candidate on my channel or something like that, you could argue that it's benefiting their campaign by giving them a platform to speak over and over again. I don't exactly know how the laws work for that, but I do know there's some kind of like, uh, there's some kind of, I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. You guys probably know. They have to, if, if like Saturday Night Live wants to have a candidate on, they got to have the other, other candidate on. Otherwise, it's considered like a contribution of some sort. Think about what Twitter is. Right now, Ted Cruz is claiming Twitter is illegally violating sanctions with Iran by giving the Iranian government access to the platform. Let, let, let's read this story, right? And, and then lies the point. The main point is you have pressed on conservatives too much. You have banned them. And now the Republican politicians are going for, you know, they're going for the throat. Various points of weakness. Trump on Section 230. Gates on FEC violation. Ted Cruz on breaking the law. And I think there's even something that Josh Hawley is working on and potentially Gates to take away Section 230 protections as well. Let's see what the Daily Caller says. They report Republican Florida rep Matt Gates filed a complaint Friday with the Federal Election Commission against Twitter. Gates claims that Twitter, in fact checking a post from President Trump, has shifted from its perceived role as a neutral media platform and is actively campaigning for the Democratic Party in advance of the 2020 election. Twitter has taken upon itself to free ride on one of the president's tweets as a campaigning activity. The social media platform is overstepping boundaries and setting aside its privileged role as a mere interactive computer service, and instead acting as a shadow contributor to the Democratic National Committee. The complaint provided to the Daily Caller explained, by trespassing its role as a Section 230 protected forum, Twitter has acted as a campaign contributor and not as a mere interactive computer service. At this point, I must add, Jack Dorsey said the buck stops with him. When they fact-checked Donald Trump's opinion, he said there's a lot of people involved, but he takes responsibility. Okay, he takes responsibility. Did you know that Jack Dorsey made maximum contributions to Democratic presidential candidates? I'm pretty sure it was Tulsi Gabbard. He may have contributed to Yang, but he did contribute to Tulsi Gabbard, the maximum, maximum amount. I respect that. I like Tulsi Gabbard too. But hold on a minute. If you run Twitter and you're actively donating to Democrats and you say you're responsible for the negative impact on the president's posts and you are not fact checking Democrats, I think we got a serious problem here, buddy. Sounds like you're using your political, your, your business, your massive multi-billion dollar en- enterprise to benefit a political party in which you donate to. We got a serious problem there. Now, I think, you know, people make donations and Jack Dorsey on a personal level made a donation. Twitter didn't. But Jack Dorsey says it's his responsibility. So can you as an individual use the, the weight of your business to negatively impact a political candidate? I'm pretty sure you can't. I mean, I'm not an election lawyer, but seems kind of messed up, right? But before we get started, I've got to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, Biotrust. Head over to healthwithtim.com or click the link in the description below, and you can get 51% off Biotrust's Ageless Multi-Collagen Supplement. That's right. I am officially now selling supplements, but to be fair, I am a 34-year-old skateboarder. 
I only like promoting things I actually use and I actually take BioTrust. It's pretty great. Uh, the cat apparently likes it. There's cat bite marks all over it for some reason, but I do. I skate every day. I mix it in my smoothies because I need it for my knees, my joints, my muscles, my tendons. So I'm trying to do the best I can to stay healthy. But collagen is good for a lot of other things too. It's good for your skin. It's good for your hair, which admittedly I have, don't have a lot of, but I do have this excellent beard. But more importantly, it's good for strong, healthy muscles, tendons, ligaments, and bones. And that's, that's really, really important to me. If it's something you think is great for you, click the link in the description below. Check out healthwithtim.com and you can get it for 51% off. But let's get back to the story. Gates amplified on his concern. Twitter is not expressing free speech. They're acting as a publisher. And I would say they're acting through, uh, though political activity, uh, they're, they're acting though political activity when they're chosen, when they've chosen to characterize the president's comments often inaccurately. I believe they are outside the law, Gates continued, saying that this led him to, to the second portion of his complaint, exceeding mandated donation limits. If these editorial comments are in fact donations on a platform, they would undeniably exceed the federal limits for donations. Trump issued an executive order Thursday that would strip social media giants of their exemption from libel laws if they continue to censor posts. You know, the Winklevoss uh, twins, I I think it was Cameron Winklevoss. You may know who he is. He's one of the uh, allegedly, I I don't know the full story, but like he, he hired Mark Zuckerberg to make Facebook and then Mark Zuckerberg took the money, but then, uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, to make Harvard Connection or something. Mark Zuckerberg got paid, but then spent his time making Facebook and they sued him and it was all in that movie. I don't know a whole lot about it. But he said, Imagine if, you know, your phone carrier fact check your phone calls, right? And a, and a bunch of leftists were like, imagine being this dumb and tweeting and just throwing shit at him. But he makes a good point. If Twitter is a neutral platform that anybody can post on, what's the difference between that and the phone service, right? That's what they're trying to claim. I love how all these leftists were calling Cameron Winklevoss an idiot when a Georgetown law professor straight up said, it seems like they're more like common carriers. And if they are, they have a duty not to discriminate. So let's think about this in the context of Matt Gates. Donald Trump is on the phone speaking with a select group of supporters. And he says, listen, I'm really concerned about mail-in voting. It's going to be really bad, really, really bad. There's no way. There's, there's, there's no way there won't be mass voter fraud. And then all of a sudden the phone clicks and a Twitter rep steps in or the phone company steps in and says, we're stopping right now because unless you choose to move forward with this phone call, what Donald Trump is saying is false. You can't just inject that message. Let's try it again. Let's say Trump is on the phone with supporters. And he's saying, listen, everybody, I want you to hear what I have to say. You know, I think if there's looting, shooting might begin. And then all of a sudden it cuts him off. Or before he even gets to say it, the, the, the phone company stops and says, what Trump is saying right now glorifies violence. So we don't want you to hear it. That's a bold move. Trump is trying to communicate with the public, with his supporters on the phone. Well, you can't do that. The phone would never do that. So why should Twitter? When Twitter placed that editorial message over Trump's tweet, Trump posted to his subscribers and Twitter instead intervened, editorialized what it was and sent a message on top. That's something the New York Times would do, right? The New York Times are the ones that would put an editor's note on a post and piggyback on the writing of their, of their user. Because what we're actually seeing is that Twitter is showing, it, 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 you, got, you got to understand how this, is, how this plays out, right? Is Twitter letting your phone call connect? 
Or is Twitter writing the paper and hand delivering it for you? They're hand delivering it for you. Section 230 protects them under the, under the pretext that they're supposed to only be removing things under certain guidelines, lewd, lascivious, objectionable. What Trump said you could argue is objectionable. Sure. But who gets to argue that? Well, when it comes to news media, their editors do. And if their editors intervene, then we can sue those editors. You see the point. When I write a story and give it to the New York Times, the New York Times chooses to put it out there. If Twitter is now putting a message they've chosen on top of Trump, they, ha- they are the ones who have written this message. I understand it's very, very, it's, 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 it's on the edge, to say the least. But if Twitter wants to put a message on a post and attach it to Trump's tweets, they've edited that. And now they've put their name on it the same as if the New York Times would have done the same thing. Well, Josh Hawley is also coming in a swinging. They're working on this. This is a story from a, a few days ago. They say Holly and Gates on Wednesday separately announced they were both working on legislation to strip Twitter of federal protections that ensure the company is not held liable for what is posted on the platform. All in all, is a bad, 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 bad idea. Hopefully, it's a big ask. That's what people are saying. If Section 230 is repealed, say goodbye to my channel. Say goodbye to Twitter, to Facebook. Maybe that's a good thing, you know, because they're really awful and they're politically biased. It's true. But what's the alternative? You get rid of all these things. What do you get? CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC. Is, is that what you want? It's not good. What we need is the, is, the, is the proper enforcement of Section 230. And what I mean by that is, if they're acting in good faith to remove what they deem objectionable, then I think they, sh- they should be protected. But if they're getting rid of hashtag learn to code and things like, okay, dude from Zuby, you guys know the rapper Zuby, well, they're not acting in good faith at all. So they probably lose their protections. Well, Twitter isn't scared to break the rules because no one's ever come after them. This is the big ask. I'm hoping this is what we end up getting. Not that Section 230 is actually repealed, but that if Twitter wants to play these games, then they lose those protections. But I'll tell you what, man, look, the Democrats want to revoke 230 as well. It might happen. And these social media platforms, they're ideologues too. I can't imagine they want to lose billions of dollars, but that's where we're headed. I don't like these laws. I don't like Trump calling for revoking 230. But when Trump put out the executive uh, order, that ordered the FCC to look at what good faith meant and these provisions, I do kind of like it because I want Twitter to just be told, here are the constraints. And if you step out, you know, start, here's what we need. We need someone to say, Twitter, you can be sued at any point and we'll argue it wasn't good faith. So do better. I don't think they want to though. I think they want to keep placating everybody and acting like, I don't know, they're, they're trying and they're doing the right thing. They're just trying to make sure the mob stay quiet. We'll see how this plays out. This will be interesting. We'll see the response. An FEC complaint. That's clever. I'll stick around. The next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. I'll see you all then.